Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my thoughts on the Sundial activity after playing it for a while. It's the central activity in Season of Dawn. Thought we should do a video on it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit and like, subscribe, and the bell button helps me out. So the Sundial discussion is going to central around a couple of things. Like The central point of what I want to talk about is the good, the better, and the unknown. And the reason I need to kind of phrase it this way is we're not all the way done with the activity. There are new things coming in the season, there's new bosses, there's new mode, there's lots of things we haven't really experienced yet. So this is sort of a preliminary discussion about the good. Uh, it looks like things are going to get better. They've structured some cool things you might not even be aware of if you haven't looked for them. There's different things in the game right now you can take advantage of if you are enjoying the sundial and grinding for the weapons. There's some good things you can do. There's things you can do with the obelisks as well as we had somebody in the community go crazy on the season pass and get really high ranked. If you guys are familiar with Chevy, he did that for science and we now know some other things. So I'm just going to open up with the good because I actually do enjoy the activity. A lot of people were overly, I think, have been overly critical of it. Uh, the, The community seems to be enjoying it. Player base numbers are seem to be fine and and menagerie was a hit so i think more menagerie is a good call i think it brings the value of the menagerie with the non-failable you can just match make in there and since it's not failable it's okay for them to make things kind of intense if you go in there match made some of the activities might be kind of frustrating if people aren't doing their jobs you really want to make sure at least some people are running unstoppable I like running an unstoppable bow when I'm in there. Those unstoppable guys can be pretty pesky. And then anti-barrier as well. That's, I think, when people are probably going to get the most irritated is if they match make and nobody's running anti-barrier or unstoppable and you're the only one trying. That Those those enemies can be uh, a bit of a headache. But the silver lining is that it's, uh, it's not failable. You can't fail the activity. You can get all the way uh, to the end regardless of how it goes. And that's good for hardcore players as well. We were going in there and it was taking us anywhere from, you know, 12 to like 14 minutes to complete a run. We, you know, we're going pretty hardcore. We're going pretty organized. Everybody's kind of doing their jobs. Uh, and there's, you know, and there's new mechanics. If you haven't played it yet, if you're familiar with Gears of War, there's like a Hammer of Dawn mechanic in the one fight that I thought was really, really cool. People hopefully aren't missing that if you're not paying attention and your buddies are doing all the damage to the boss. You might be missing that there's a really, really cool mechanic in the one boss fight that I like. I thought it was a cool new thing that was going on. And if you're a hardcore player, that spectrum works, I think, is if you go hard and you're organized, you complete it quicker, you're getting more drops more efficiently. If you're more casual and you're just matchmaking, you're not, the the content's not held at arm's length from you. You don't have to grind and get leveled up for it. You can just play and get guns and it's, it's set up really, really nicely. And it's attached to another grind with the obelisks. Now we've had people come in and say, I don't like the fact that I have to go run patrols or gather resources or do lost sectors or public events. You know, why do I need to do all this stuff? I like that they segmented the grind. The fact that I can go and do the obelisks and doing the obelisks has a benefit in the game. It has a benefit on the planet and it has benefits tied to the actual sundial activity it's itself and if you're going to compare the sundial to the vex offensive i do like that the encounters are not as simple and as easy as the vex offensive i wouldn't necessarily call the sundial hard but it's certainly a lot more challenging than vex offensive was especially with the presence of some of those champions 
I find the unstoppable guys to be the most annoying because they're constantly knocking you back and bouncing you around. Uh, and I just got one of the new things today on the artifact. This is another nice feature of the game is you have different different builds and things that come out. But I have this one here. If I stagger an unstoppable champion, it's going to temporarily boost weapon damage for allied players. I'm anxious to try that out and just see how quickly we can get rid of those guys because they can become pretty annoying and pretty pesky. So... In light of what I was just talking about with the obelisks and making things better, let's talk about the better. We talked about the good, the better. I do think this activity is showing itself to be one that will get better as you progress through the season. I made the mistake of leveling up the Tangled Shore obelisk. I would focus all your attention on Mars. Mars, once fully upgraded to level 11, will give you double drops when you get to the end of a sundial run so you can run those obelisks and get those you know those increase in drops the one that i did on tangled shore is one that you get i I believe it's level 11 i'm sorry 12 on the season pass permanently increase the capacity of simultaneous sundial links by one what this is doing is eventually you're going to have all the sundials connected to all i'm sorry all the obelisks connected to the sundial so anytime you end it you can pick any of the rewards you don't have to like do the do the duty of like oh i gotta go to the you know i gotta go to the planet and you know, connect the sundial. Eventually, you're going to get to the point where they can all be uh, connected. And the other thing that's going on with this is that that is making your grind in the actual sundial more lucrative as time goes on. I've still made the observation that I am a little concerned that the the obelisks have bounties or frames, I'm sorry, weapon frames, that may be quicker than running the sundial. Once all four obelisks are completely leveled up, that currency, the fractaline, um, the fractaline harvest, uh, polarized fractaline, you're not going to need that anymore once all the obelisks are fully leveled up and you can buy the frames from the obelisks. Some people have pushed back and said, well, but Lono, you could grab those and complete them while doing the sundial and getting multiple drops at the end of every sundial, really maximizing your potential rolls that you get. Here's another, permanently increase the number of remaining rewards from the sundial by one. You get that at 32. So by the time it's all said and done, you can be ending a sundial with multiple drops, and if you're doing the frames from the obelisks, you can really, really increase the likelihood of you getting your god rolls. And there's one more thing that thank you, Chevy from Redeem, for doing this. He went crazy. He leveled his season pass up all the way to 92 to see what this was. We had the theory here that it was going to be like the augmented frames from Ada. It was just going to be an extra perk in that last slot, and that's exactly what it is. So you're not you're not getting like a different version of the gun. It's just that the final perk lane, like if you look at a gun, and that final perk lane always has one perk. So I'll give you an example on the Steel Feather. Right now it's Osmosis, and there's nothing else. You're actually going to have two in that lane to choose from, and that mathematically increases the likelihood of you getting a god roll because then you're increasing the chances of getting the perk combinations that you want maybe you're looking for vorpal maybe you're looking for osmosis whatever it is you're looking for having that at there actually helps so you have to think of it in this way as the season progresses you're increasing the amount of drops you get and the drops themselves are also improving as long as you're being you know weekly and and you know doing your bounties leveling up the season pass and leveling up the obelisks the actual uh, you know, activity itself will get better with time and i think that's exactly how you should craft a limited time event by the end of the season the hardcore players looking for the absolute best of the best god rolls there's some really great weapons in there and some good rolls some new perks some things that we haven't even had before and those players will be empowered to really chase 
the absolute best role or the role that they want because the activity gets better over time now this all leads to some question marks okay we don't know again if the frames are going to be more lucrative and faster taking the frames into the the sundial activity or just the sundial activity itself so lastly i want to end with the unknown there are some unknown things here at, at, at the at the gist of it at the beginning here my impression of the sundial is they were really really thoughtful about how it's going to feel to progress through the season and how it's going to be to chase god rolls but here are the things that we don't know what will the new bosses bring? Are they going to change anything that significantly? Do they have specific drops? Do they do they change the fight so the modifiers change in accordance with them? Do, you know, does does the encounters leading up to the boss change because the boss is different? We don't know what the bosses are going to bring as a presence. What's hard mode going to do? We have no idea. Why is it only legend? You know, it's only legend. What's the power level going to be? Is there a reason to even run hard mode? What's the impetus? Is there loot? Is there a reason to run it? Hard mode menagerie just was horrible. There was no real reason to run it other than the swords. And even that I don't think was a strong enough motivator to go in there and put up with the deltas in the challenge. So those are some question marks. You know, guns next season. How are these guns going to be cycled back in next season? We don't know what's going on with the Vex offensive weapons. Some of the weapons from the Sundial are really, really nice. There's going to be an obelisk in the tower. Maybe we'll be able to continue to get them as frames. Maybe that obelisk will stay in the tower. Uh, We don't know. Anything beyond hard mode? Are there any difficulties beyond hard mode? There's a triumph that says to beat a certain boss at legend difficulty or higher. Now, is that generic text they slap on everything that was just kind of there as a placeholder and they never went back and changed it? Or does that mean there's a mode beyond legend? Is there, a, is there anything beyond the hard mode that's launching in January? What about the armor? Is this going to be a good role, you know, a good place to go for stats? The stats on the armor are getting higher the further you get in the season pass. What about the armor that drops in the sundial mode? What about the armor that drops in the hard mode of sundial? Is it going to have better stats? Is it going to have better stat trends? And then, you know, are there going to be any sundial mods? You know, the charge with light mods are the main reason to go toward the new armor sets this season, but are you going to do anything with mods for the sundial to make us run it more effectively? Now, they didn't do mods for Vex Offensive, so that's an unlikely thing, but those are the handful of question marks I have about the event. Overall, I think the activity is good. It's something fun to go and do, and it's going to get more rewarding with time already right now. I think it is pretty rewarding and pretty fun for that seasonal activity that's match-made and non-failable. As always, we're going to move to question and answer. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always click like, share, and subscribe. That helps me out. You can come into say no to rage.com and take place with these discussions and Q&As. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the Sundial activity. Just preliminary talks. There's more things coming for it, but I do think it's a good activity. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at twitch.tv slash rage or just say no to rage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. We're going to jump right into the Q&A. Patrick says, what do you think about the trials bug from Friday? I have a whole video on this, so I'm going to give you my Cliff's notes. I think it's clear that trials is very close to returning. That placeholder was put there either on purpose or I think maybe because it's coming back this season. A lot of people don't think it is. I happen to think there wouldn't be a whole lot of reason to bring Real Crafty and Dr. Lupo out to Bungie in December. They wouldn't be playing and grinding and trying to get weapons and trying to practice. Uh, if it was not if it was coming back in the spring, that seems all a little bit uh, preliminary, like really early. So I think it's coming back this season. I think that's why it popped up. Uh, I even think it might be called Trials of Saint-14. So 
Uh, Jaritol, thank you so much for 33 months. You're the best. And then Sunbro, I think I thank you for six months. Welcome back. TN Muggle. Lord, I need help. How do I get four weapons linked to the sundial? Well, you need to have two connections uh, uh, available. Um, so you need, you need level 12 on the season pass or you have to level up Tangled Shore. Um, so I would think you got to pick one. I would say go for level 12 on the season pass and then level up Mars to get extra rewards. And then you can have two links, which is four weapons. Uh, double V 33. How do you feel about the reward output for sundial? I feel Vex offensive had more upfront rewards via the chest, but the sundials have a lot more quality to them. Well, I, I think because they knew Vex Offensive was likely to be the thinnest version of a seasonal activity that they give us, I think they said, you know what? We better give people tons of rewards. Um, that's what I would think they would need to do. As, as, a progressive, as a progression, you got the first season comes out and Vex Offensive is a total throwaway. Not, like It's a piece of nothing, ultimately. It was very simplistic. Not a lot to it. Well, make it really generous. So at least people are going in there because stuff's dropping like crazy. In comes the sundial. More complex. It's like the menagerie. There's more to it. Um, a big step up from the menagerie is you don't have to run from activity to activity. They just warp you back and then you run out. I like that a lot. And so if you do the obelisks as the season progresses and you're grabbing the frames and you get the thing fully upgraded, I actually think this is going to be better because uh, it's a little bit more intentional. You would end Vex Offensive and you could pick one particular frame to have done. Everything else was totally random that dropped. So I actually think this is better. It's just going to take some time for that snowball to get going. But I do, I do think the activity by and large is a lot better on the surface I just think they wanted Vex Offensive to feel like stuff was raining on you because the activity itself wasn't that great London Bates Lono I'm having trouble farming the currency to upgrade my obelisks I think it's called Polarized Fractaline fully upgraded my Mars obelisk and I still don't get any drops after a Crucible match played 25 games and nothing Uh, here's the thing Eugene is going to resonate with you on this he was doing some testing as well he has come to the conclusion that that perk is broken. Uh, it doesn't seem to be having any, any effect at all. Um, I think I ran five or seven strikes and got it to drop like twice. Um, it just doesn't seem to actually work. So you have to wait for the weeklies to, to, to roll over. There's other sources of Fractaline, okay? All three characters should be doing their weeklies on both obelisks. So that's four weeklies per character. That's 12 total weeklies if you do all three characters and both obelisks weeklies. Tomorrow on reset, the 17th of December, there'll be more obelisks and more weeklies and subsequently more fractaline. The other thing you can do in the interim while you're waiting for reset is do all the milestones on all three characters at the sundial. The sundial's milestone will give you 100 fractaline per character. Also, make sure you go in and cash in your triumphs. There are triumphs for this season that give you varying degrees of Fractaline. Eventually, I think you do hit a wall where they don't want you to be getting a ton of it rolling over every single week. Um, Because I think they envision it being one obelisk a week if you're dedicating all of your time and resources that you get 
to one particular obelisk. That means for about a month, you're slowly getting every single one unlocked. To somebody that really goes after it, maybe three weeks, but in general, I would say most people are going to take four weeks to get all four obelisks completely leveled up. I think that's totally fine. I don't think they're meant to be like a hop on that day, go crazy, and get all of, you know get it all done. So before reset tomorrow, I gave you a handful of things you could check and try. But other than that, I think they've got it paced that way on purpose. Big Daddy Patty with three months. Thank you. Uh, Morphe says, do you think there's a problem with how armor is treated each season? Each time they go away and are useless after the season? I get this question virtually every Q&A. I think you're misunderstanding. The seasonal uh, armor is still important. If you're going to run Garden of Salvation or Nightmare Hunts, those mod slots matter and are super helpful. If you're going to go run Leviathan, the mod slots on the Leviathan armor are meaningful and helpful. So I don't think they're invalidating all of your armor. At the same time, they have to incentivize you to chase the new stuff. I don't think people always realize what they're asking for. If the Season of Dawn armor that you grinded for never needed replaced, that's a significant amount of loot every season that doesn't matter to you at all. Uh, And if it was just purely an ornamental grind, you would literally get armor to drop and then you'd be done. You'd just be like, I'm done with that activity. Uh, I, I got it. Those mod slots matter. It just sucks needing to grind for new armor for the new slots with the proper affinity in each season. That's no fun. I still think they should allow you to change the affinity once you level up a piece of armor to level 10 one time, okay, just once. Because I do feel you on that aspect. You could get a pair of gauntlets and you're like, yep, these are the right stat trends that I like. These are the right stat rolls that I want. You take the time to grind for the materials, level that thing up and change its affinity one time. And then you're good to go. I don't think we need to segment the armor grind that freaking much to where you're like, I finally got the stat rolls that I want, but it's the wrong affinity. I, You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that's the biggest risk with the setup now is they're demotivating people from really wanting to chase armor because there's too many barriers between you and getting what you want. Because um, you have to think. Eugene's like, oh, it's not that hard to get decent stat distribution. That's not the point. If you're going to motivate hardcores with the min-maxing opportunity, they're going to want really good stat rolls. They're going to want great stat rolls. And I was grinding the dungeon and the raid every week to get my drops, and I was never getting anything that, that was that impressive. So Bungie has to think about that. They, and even if you're going to say, well, the marginal difference between something with good stat distribution that is 58 and something that is 65 with terrible stat distribution, that's the real issue, right? Is It's not stat total, it's stat distribution. Because if you don't care about mobility and you get something that's a 65, but it's got, you know, 15 on mobility it doesn't matter that's basically a 40 to you you know so you could have something in the 50s with better stat distribution i would say in general the issue that people have with armor is they have a particular build they want to go for and that's the main hang-up is oh i this is a really good stat roll but it's the wrong affinity um and then that kind of that's kind of a bit of a hang-up you can't say that 
in one breath you can't say oh it doesn't really matter just get decent stats it has a marginal influence on your loadout okay you can't say that in one breath and then in the next breath act like the armor grind's got to be arduous and painful and slow if the benefits are marginal then who gives a frick if i finally get a god roll pair of gauntlets or boots or something and i take the time and resources to take it to level 10 let me change the affinity one time at that point again i think people push back on this with a contradiction in their argumentation they say oh well it doesn't really matter you can go with a decent stat distribution in the mid 50s high 50s just wait for the right affinity you can't say that the differences between a 55 and a 65 according to stat distribution is marginal like it has marginal influence over your loadout if it's so marginal then why hold it at bay like why not let people get what they want I do think the armor grind needs to evolve a little bit. I think Bungie focused on the internal mechanism of the armor, leveling it up, perks, rolls, etc. And I think they didn't think beyond that very far with, well, how am I going to grind for the one that I want? Uh, And then what are they going to do in the spring? If we spend this entire season going for god rolls, they have the charge with light mod slot, what are they going to do in the next season? You know, where are they going to go from there? Because right now, I I don't even feel... I don't even care about Charge with Light. I I care out of curiosity, but it's not like when I started getting mods for the raid or mods for nightmare hunts that changed the flow of those fights and it changed my power structure. That's the big question I have. Is is Charge with Light even that great? And then, what are you going to do in the next season to make me chase armor? Uh, This is a situation that I think Bungie needs to figure out. Now... The trick could be, the trick could be with the ornamental uh, system. I don't know, again, if you want to say, just run the new activity, and as long as you get a pair of boots, as long as you get five of the the armor pieces to drop, you're basically done with the armor grind, because they would just be universal ornaments. I think that would be a danger. Uh, I think they could do something with the armor drops and the activity for you to unlock that as an option, so then you're like, well... I'm not really chasing the drop itself, but I'm chasing the ability to have that armor and apply it to what I'm presently wearing. I think there's a significant danger there in saying, once you get all the armor, you're done. You're like, oh, I'm done. They're all ornaments now. Well, that's not really a grind, is it? It doesn't take very long. In short order, you'll have full armor sets. You know, In short order, it doesn't, it doesn't take long. So... That, that, that's a concern that I've had. I, I, I mentioned this when they announced Armor 2.0 and when they announced Shadowkeep. That's what I said. Scalability is my big question mark. You can create great systems. You can create new incentives, new perks, new grinds, new activities. That's all we know Bungie can do that. Is it scalable? Am I going to care in the spring for that new armor? And how are you going to get me to care? Because in one swing, you can't say none of the new armor matters, and in the next swing, you can't say all the old armor doesn't matter, because the seasons are too close together. They're kind of having to walk a tightrope here, of your old stuff still matters, as well as, oh, I want to chase the new stuff too. And I don't quite... This is one of the first times I struggle with an answer and a solution, because it really is difficult. If you're purely chasing cosmetics, we're kind of going back to Destiny 2 year 1 where the only reason for you to go to Nessus or IO and grind for the armor set was because of how it looked, not because it did anything particular to your gameplay so I actually don't exactly know what the solution would be um, other than maybe 
if you grind the activity enough and you get enough armor drops the more you take that armor and break it down the more you get a currency or something for infusion that can be used to upgrade old armor so imagine there's a there's new armor sets in the spring season and if you grind for enough of those boots and you break them down and you plug that into your current boots you're unlocking the the, the mod slot for that season you know over time and then when you're done doing that it also then unlocks the ability for you to use it as an ornament or something I don't know beer pie do you think Bungie will start to lean more into mechanics doing damage for bosses now with the introduction of the hammer of dawn as you call it I would like to see some fights take it a step further and have a mechanic to do say a third of the damage to the boss to have to repeat it three times Uh, this will give us something to do other than DPS boss fights this strikes at the heart of a discussion we've had many times where I've said you don't want every fight to feel like Oryx I think there's a time and a place for fights like Oryx where you can't beat it any faster than the than the other than the other team, right? It's just make the bombs, detonate the bombs, make the bombs, detonate the bombs. You do that four times and then he dies. Uh, you can stack the bombs and that does shave off some time, but in general, if I don't want too many fights to be like Oryx. Could there be more fights like that? Yes. First things first, you got to knock off his shield with Hammer of Dawn. Then after you do that, maybe something else. Maybe you got to get swords. Maybe you got to get scorch cannons. Maybe you got to uh, get him to, you know, step on a plate that like ignites the floor. I don't know. Like there could be other things like that. I think the biggest barrier between Bungie making stuff like that and and not is that stuff tends to be long in a raid. As soon as you start asking match-made people to start doing something that requires synergy or timing, it's going to break down really freaking fast. And Menagerie, as Luke Smith indicated in one of his director's cuts, they teach you in Menagerie visually what you're supposed to do. You don't need instructions. You don't need directions. You don't need arrows on the ground. It's just kind of a visual... It's a visual learning process. I think that limits that limits how much they can require of a team. I would say a lot of what they had us do in Garden of Salvation was a good pivot into synergy and timing, especially with the challenges and stuff. Synergy, timing, you know, mechanics, stuff like that. They they did a good job of making it to where you gotta do things together as a team and time things so that it's not just a DPS bake. You also have to admit that in Garden of Salvation your two major damage phases the harpy going down the hallway and the big boss going up in the sky those are very short windows of damage so the harpy going down the hallway is challenging you got to have pretty good aim and then the guy going up in the sky again you've you've got to you got to have a solid solid team hitting their uh you know hitting their shots um because if not you're you're going to you're going to run out uh, hang on, I gotta let my wife know I'm low on creamer. I didn't realize she was going out to the stores. Um, she sent me a picture of asparagus. Uh, so I would say that mechanics are always a fine, fine like line that they can't go too far overboard with. If they go too far overboard with the mechanics, then it it breaks down. It just it does. It breaks down. 
go into menagerie with a team that doesn't know what the frick they're doing and it can be frustrating and the and the mechanics in menagerie are really straight are really really straightforward so they're always having to straddle that line of we don't want things to be mundane and just bake but we also don't want it to be so complex that engagement breaks down and 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 and, and doesn't go well this is why I believe they could take the philosophy and the principle of Menagerie and Sundial and apply it in a variety of ways. Right now, if you really blitz these activities in Sundial, you get to the end quicker, right? I'm a sweet cream guy, uh, Charlie Whiskey. (laughs) Giggity. You get there quicker, right? And I, I appreciate that aspect. But what I would do is if I was Bungie... Let's just imagine the one with the Hammer of Dawn, that that attack room, okay? I think when you blitz it and you get it done really, really well, there's like three or four guys come out, okay? What if every time another one comes out, it gets harder, more difficult, or different, or more things are required of you, all right? Number one, that's going to give satisfaction to the synergized team. Yes, we pulled it off. It's so much harder once you get to the fourth boss. But to the team that's matchmaking, if they're falling apart at the seams and they only got like the first or the second boss beat, there's no harm or foul. They The, the time runs out and they go to the next area. That's where I think Bungie needs to dig in there at that level and say, can we make each encounter change and get more complex the further you get so then we could start to turn up the dial of if you make it to phase four it's really complex but it's well worth it maybe you get a drop maybe you get a random drop if you if you get that done now a lot of times the pushback here which is probably valid people say if you add extra drops or extra loot incentive for going that distance then people are going to quit if they're with a bad team. They're going to get angry. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, we could have gotten an extra drop here, but these freaking numbskulls over here don't know what they're doing. I'm out of here. And, and toxicity goes up. So I don't know if if maybe, if maybe the loot incentive is always a danger because that leads to high quit ratios when you're with a bad team. Maybe instead of that, you get a really, really big jump, like jolt, to your um imagine it takes you two different encounters to get to the end you have the encounter with the hammer of dawn and then you have the encounter with the 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 bomb slamming you grow grab the bombs and you bring them back and you slam them but you know if you can beat the much more challenging and complex fourth boss at the hammer of dawn encounter if you know that's going to shorten the next encounter that's worth it if it gives you this multiplier or something so the next encounter is cut in half then you're like that's good for the hardcore team right you're getting to the end faster you're not necessarily getting more drops from a quantity standpoint but you are over time because now you're beating the sundial in 10 minutes every clip and that's increased drop rates that's six drops an hour that's more than the guys that are matchmaking i would just always grow concerned about that is Number one, if you get if it's too complex, teams fall apart, engagement goes down. That's not good for the game. If you have incentives for reward and loot tied to playing really, really well, then quit ratios go high, toxicity goes up, and those more casual players end up feeling like they can't play with anybody because maybe they don't, you know, maybe they don't uh, understand it. And it, it all has to be in balance because if not, you lose one side of the community. 
I think people try to cater the game way too hard to casuals and don't incentivize the endgame activities as actually difficult. I think what you're saying is not accurate post-Shadow Keep. Post-Shadow Keep, what you're saying is completely inaccurate. If you look at 950, 980 Nightfalls, and then the 950, 980 Nightmare Hunts, I think you're wrong. I think there's lots of stuff in the game. And then you go to the dungeon, uh, there's and the Garden of Salvation raid, and the challenges for Garden of Salvation. None of that stuff is catered to the casuals. The bulk of the content and spectrum in Shadow Keep was not for casual players at all. Now, there's a difference between giving casuals an entry point and accessibility and making things casual for them. That is why the structure in Menagerie and Sundial is so brilliant. No one can claim you're keeping it at arm's length. I can't get the stuff. That's not true. It's not even failable. And then the hardcores can be like, dude, we are cranking through the Sundial every 15 minutes. It's going really, really fast. And we've leveled up our obelisks and we've leveled up our season past and we've got all, got these extra things and so it's it's faster and it's more rewarding and more drops and more perks for the hardcore players so Skokterok five of the time lost frames have guardian kills as one of the random objectives to complete for a drop do you think it was a good idea to have pvp objectives as possibilities from the obelisks or should have been more intentional and not included it is always weird to get a bounty that isn't from Shacks that tells me to go to the Crucible, um, I'm generally just going to delete that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go into Crucible for a bounty. When I can run the Sundial really, really quickly, especially near the end of the season, and get multiple drops, you're not going to see me taking a frame into the Crucible. I'll just freaking delete it. Um, especially, think of it like this. We did the math, and once all four obelisks are uh, uh, leveled up, if you do your weeklies and your sundial milestones on all three characters, you're going to end the week with like 2,700 of the fractaline. And it's like 10 fractaline to buy a frame. So the only reason to have fractaline at that point is to buy frames. And if you get a frame that's going to take you to the crucible, you're probably just going to delete it. It's only 10 fractaline. That's probably what a lot of people are going to end up doing. Uh, next question is from Pescado de Muerte. How should a limited time player maximize the grind in Season of Dawn? Uh, Every week, take care of your obelisk weeklies and your sundial milestones. And just anytime you're doing anything, be grabbing bounties. Uh, And then you'll, you'll be leveling up your season pass, your artifact, and you'll be getting better drops and more drops from sundial as the season goes on. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't ignore uh, the obelisks and the weeklies or the sundial um, milestones. Arcanus. While I understand Bungie needs to incentivize us to chase the new armor with new mod slots every season, there's really no great way to get good stat rolls on the seasonal armor. How do you think Bungie can address this? I don't honestly know what the answer here is. Like, when you grind for a gun, okay, there's a different grind that's going on there because you want three perks that work together. And when you're grinding for stat rolls on armor, you're looking for numbers in a lane that's going to contribute to your overall build. So it's not as, it's not as, like, singular, I guess. Nine months from Aweezy, thank you. Uh, As a PvP player, I expect you wanting to get us some quality of life instead of just telling us to go frick ourselves and play another game. Thanks for having our back. Oh yeah, I, I tweeted that the other day about 
that would have been a good improvement for the PvP guys. Um, it's more singular. It's like, this gun is either good or it's not. And with armor, it's just tough. It's like, this pair of boots might be bad for your build, but good for another. In general, a bad roll on a gun is... It, it's not that subjective if you get hip fire grip on a sniper and I don't know something else that just isn't going to help you then you're no one's going to be like well that's great for my build maybe not I mean it just depends so most of the time though a bad roll on a gun isn't that subjective you just you get perks that don't do much for you you know like head seeker people think head seeker is great but it's really not it doesn't do anything so I don't know how you give us intentionality towards something that is so minute, but when stacked up, um, when stacked up, all those stats on all those individual armor pieces adds up to a a greater whole. There's there's more to it than than just a perk on a gun. Sorry, I had to take a drink of water. So. I don't, I don't know how they could give you intentionality there. Because if you're like, I just want tons of recovery and discipline, and they give you tons of intentionality there, I think the danger would be you're going to get maxed out tiers in discipline and, and intellect and recovery. And then the danger would be you now never ever need to go for anything else ever again. And that's the thing with guns, right? We got a bunch of god roll guns, but now there's new guns. Now there's new perks. There's new things for you to chase that you didn't have before. And I think that is one of the things I that that helps it feel fresh and new with guns every season. They can throw in just a couple of things. They throw in just a couple of perks and a new grenade type, and all of a sudden we're like, we're in there. We're in there grinding. And stat totals just aren't as interesting. So once you get really good stat rolls, it's going to be really hard to motivate you to chase new armor. Bunch of could add perks to the season pass that increase your stat totals, like have perks that increase stat of energy capacity on the season pass armor. They already have perks that increase your your stat totals, though. They have six of them. They have intellect, discipline, and strength, and then they have recovery, mobility, and resilience. It already exists. There already are perks that do that. There already are mods that do that. Now, if you're talking about perks on the armor itself... Now you're getting into more layers of complexity. Now you're getting into layers of complexity that has the armor has affinity, the armor has six stat totals, and the armor has perks that can randomly roll. That might be too much. Dark Seraphim. Do you think the amount of fractaline drops from Sundial is too low, or is it appropriate for that level? Is there a possibility of increasing? I think it's fine. We kind of addressed this a little bit ago. Um, we, we addressed this a little bit ago. It is a... Uh, it seems to be structured to where if you really push for it, you're maximizing one obelisk a week, and I think that's totally fine. Oh, you're talking about season pass perks. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. There's a difference between losing an oppressive darkness mod and you losing like 20 discipline just because. I don't know. That'd be weird, right? You'd structure all your armor, you'd get set, and then all of a sudden you just lose a bunch of stats one season into the next. I don't know. Anakin Starkiller with 34 months, so close to three years. Welcome back. 
Dr. Cleveland, do you feel the level 92 in the season pass unlock an extra perk for your weapon drop is a test for weapons 2.0 update? Is this in line with your thoughts about how weapons can be updated in the future? I do not think that's what it is. This has been in place since the Black Armory a year ago. Ada had augmented weapons that just an extra perk was just in that slot. It pulled from the same perk pool. It was just an extra option. So you're like, oh, I didn't get outlaw kill clip. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. One of those is like an option or something. It just increases it just increases the likelihood of you getting a god roll. That's all. Eugene says, no, no, a perk in the season pass that would increase the potential stat roll of your armor drops for the entire rest of the season. It wouldn't go away. Oh, so the season pass would affect my drops, not affect my stat totals. I mean, I could see that. They have all those perks that you unlock at the bottom, and they could have one that, like, I don't know, as the season goes on near the end, it's like, oh, your armor can now drop with, you know, an extra 10 total uh, stats, you know. I don't know. It's one of those things where I do think... I don't think necessarily Bungie quite knows how they want to do it just yet because if they it's one of those things I'm telling you if they give us too much control we're all going to get god tier stats and then you're never going to want to take that armor off right now the this is weird to say but the benefit of me not getting any great stat rolls in in season of the undying is that if I get something new that's a little bit better it's really really easy to put it on and invest in it the only reason this is the thing too that's kind of weird the only reason I was leveling up my armor during Season of the Undying is so I could put perks on, mods on them. Because I wanted to run Nightmare Hunt mods. I wanted to run my mods that gave me increased reload or increased recovery or whatever. That was the only reason I was leveling up my armor. I wasn't leveling up any of my armor because I was like, oh, this is a god roll. This is a god roll piece right here. I wasn't doing that. I 100% was not looking at any of my pieces and saying this is an absolute god roll I gotta take this with me in the next season I gotta really level this one up With I just wasn't so I, I'm not really sure if they're gonna wanna give you intentionality I think they're gonna wanna give you intentionality over the guns because it's more clear if a gun is good or not it's way more subjective if you get god tier armor stats to what you're trying to build and if they give you too much too many god rolls then it's gonna be really really hard to to motivate you the following season unless they do something kind of arbitrary like they did this season where they said there's these new mods charged with light and you can't even try them out if you don't get new armor yo yo jimitsu says what do you think about there not being a raid this season do you think the new dawning seasonal content matches up to the cost uh without the motivation of a new raid pinnacle activity I think it's fine. I think people overstate the value of a raid. I also think for $10, expecting a raid in addition to everything else they did is is just not really in line. I got people that are going nuts on my YouTube. They're like, you state every time that it's only $10. That's not a good enough excuse, Lono. And it's like, the one guy said, nobody asked for this. We didn't ask for $10 seasons every couple of months. Really? Because the player base numbers seem to say otherwise, and the old way of doing things with the droughts was terrible. Like, was it was terrible. Going to going back to the way we did it before, you spent sixty for the base game and then thirty for the DLC season pass 
for Osiris and Warmind. I don't I don't know why anybody would want to go back to Osiris Warmind or House of Wolves Dark Below. I don't know why you would want to go back to that. I think if you look at the structure of the game where we had like King's Fall and then nothing or Rise of Iron and then nothing and you compare it to this system that we have now, I think for $10 we're getting exactly what we've all co- grown and accustomed to love, which is a hobbyist live service game that always has something going on and I think that I think that's a really really good uh good system. I think it's working well and I don't know what's going on with the tracking though. The tracking of the player base numbers is like glitched. It says there's like 100,000 players online right now just on PC. Um okay, they've 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 zeroed them out. Yeah, the the tracking over the weekend was glitched. It was like there's 89,000 players presently on PC, but then it said that only 100,000 had played the previous day. And I'm like, that that can't be right. There can't be that many people playing right now at this moment. And then that's the number of people that played yesterday. That's like that's like mathematically impossible. That would mean that only those people logged in and played and then they didn't, nobody played for the rest of the day. I think when Bungie's been doing their background maintenance, where they've been disabling API access and some of those third-party... Uh, programs and dim and stuff i think that's probably messing with the player tracking um tassie's article ran with your trials of saint 14 idea did he say anything about me or is he just i'm not the i'm that i don't think it's original to me i think other people have said it uh snow ravens do you think the pinnacle grind is over with level increase each season i i just don't care about it i don't know it just doesn't seem to matter I don't need to. Now, if Legend drops and we suddenly feel the need to level, sure, but by the time Legend gets here, we're going to have padded numbers, you know, pretty significantly padded numbers from the from the artifact. I'm already like a plus six, almost a plus seven. And that's after a week. Um, 15 months from Insane Dutch, thank you. So, I, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to really do with leveling. I'm fine with it going away. Just let us play and grind for gear every season. And the season pass and the artifact can give you your sense of leveling and progress. Dad Bod United may be asking for advice. I fell out of love with D2 around Curse. Recently found myself with the itch to play again. I picked up all the DLC and I've been loving my time back in the game. I'm feeling overwhelmed with where to start and what to do because I've been away so long. I find myself jumping in and just ending up in Strikes or Crucible. Any advice on how to tackle quest objectives? Uh, should I pick a planet and go? Where would I start? I mean, this is a really specific question, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people feel this way. They're like, yeah, I took a break, and I came back, and I don't really know where to set my sights. Like, there's there's so much. A lot of times, too much, uh, too much content can make people feel a sense of futility, and that sense of futility and almost like helplessness, you just sort of lock up and you're just going with what's familiar. What I would say, if you have Season of Dawn, I would set my sights on Osiris and play through that stuff with him. He has a story mission that he doesn't really promote. You got to go like talk to him and you go and you interact with Saint-14. I would do that before tomorrow's reset because there's going to be another version. There's going to be like another story mission probably this coming week. And then the other thing I would do is I would just go to the Tangled Shore and Mars and work on the obelisks. Do their weeklies, get that Fractaline stuff, cash in your triumphs, spend that Fractaline. I would focus on doing the Mars one first. Um, and you can always do what I call Round Robin if, you just, if you're just wanting some pretty like laid-back, f- easy-breezy content that benefits you. 
go to every planet starting with the EDZ and just go round robin. Go, you go EDZ, then you go to Titan, then you go to Mars, then IO, then Mercury, then Nessus. You just kind of go around in a circle and you grab the bounties from the NPC on that planet. There's only three and do them all. And if you do that with another person and you get the bon- you know, the bonuses from XP or whatever, you'll move your artifact and your, and your, and your season pass along in a pretty good clip. And, um, that's something else to do that, that also gives you a benefit. Leveling up your season pass and your artifact is also a benefit. Uh, and then you can always just grind the sundial. Once you got your obelisks kind of leveled up and they're connected, you can grind the sundial and try and get some good guns from there. Um, have you heard that Twitch has been sued by $3 billion? What do you mean by $3 billion? You mean for $3 billion? Who are they being sued by? Uh, the Pie Piper. Would you entertain the idea that the Wish Ender bug is Bungie playing around with buffing bows and tracking community strong, uh, response to them? I don't think so. Um, uh, I don't think so. I would think that um, it's just... It, well, maybe they went in and tried to tweak a perk or something and it fiddled with something. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe, that, maybe they were fiddling with a perk and they... They overfiddled. Um, it's possible. It's possible that they were like, "Hey, um, it, you know, it's it's possible they were fiddling with something and trying to like quietly help bows, and it, 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 they they kind of did it by accident." Um, it's a post on live stream fail and what they're sued for. I've not heard about it, so if you feel like putting some of the details in chat, I've not heard about Twitch being sued for. Three billion dollars. What the frick? Um, Bertoff. What does Destiny needs uh, going into D three that makes them in game? We all want. I believe things like the obelisk are great ideas that need to be implemented more in different ways. Make it. Um, this is not a question. Filthy. Do you think having such potential influential seasonal mods in an overall po- is an overall positive for the current grind? Between inventory woes and time spent grinding undying armor, I personally find myself caring much less this season for mods that, uh, that will still be uh, not be usable on new armor in three months. Um, I don't know. I mean, they definitely need to, I think they need to think this through because I definitely see where you're coming from. Like if every season we're like, well, we got to get new armor now. I think that can be a little bit um, frustrating. Maybe there's something that we do every season to upgrade that armor slot. Kind of how we said like leveling could be slot related. There could be something that's related to the slot itself. And we just grind for the armor cosmetically. I just don't know if that's the right call. Um, A Russian media company for pirated streams of league matches. Oh, it's a suit in Russia about a soccer game. Oh, well, it sounds like it sounds like people have been using Twitch for, you know, probably showing stuff they're not supposed to show, which gives credence to what I've been saying for a while now. Twitch should not let any old person just stream. I believe you should have to go through an application process if you're going to stream on their platform. Um, Because it's not like YouTube where you upload the video and there can be a process in the background that checks the video for its legitimacy or copyright material just to protect YouTube. Um, you can go live on Twitch and go unnoticed for X number of hours sometimes streaming stuff that you have no business streaming. Um, like, you could literally do a prop-up brand new brand new stream 
and stream like copyrighted movies and then all your buddies could then go download them from that from that vod like <laughs> there's programs that let you do that so twitch has got to think about that you can't just let people live stream and because again if they don't put themselves in a directory there's a lot of things that could go into them you know doing stuff like streaming soccer games and stuff and you just again you just don't put yourself in the directory and tell all your buddies and you can kind of share your pay-per-view with them like that they've got to think through that stuff ashen hollow would what uh, what would you say to people who say destiny has turned into nothing more than a bounty checklist as more uh, seems to be the only way to progress this seems like a pretty a pretty shallow criticism I think there's a lot more going on in the game um, you don't just do bounties. Bounties are complementary to what you're already doing. So if I'm going to go run strikes, I can grab bounties while I'm doing strikes. If I'm going to run the sundial, I can grab bounties while I'm doing that. Now, there is a bounty drive when you want a currency. And I think that's okay. I think there's something satisfying about grinding a bounty, getting the check mark, getting the stuff from the bounty, as opposed to just, as I've said many, many times, if you just sit there and run the, the sundial all day, every day, and nothing else... You're gonna get. I I really I really think you're gonna get bored like really really fast, and that would be my largest concern about not segmenting it. So bounties and things that seem more more menial and more tedious, I think are a really good way to change things up a little bit. Um, so bounties aren't complimentary to those of us who do mostly raiding, right? But that's kind of if you if you as a player are gonna come and engage with an admittedly very small slice of the game, that's more on you than Bungie. Like, they can't give you, like, a thousand raids. You know, they, if, if, like, well, I just really like running strikes, crucible, or raids, or whatever. If you pick a small slice of the game, and that's all you do, it's, I, it's not really fair to then turn around and be like, well, it's just nothing but a bounty checklist. It's like, are you doing any of the other things in the game? Or did you grind for the rituals? Are you doing sundial? Are you leveling up the obelisks? Are you doing just like the round robin like I do just to change things up to level your artifact in your season pass? Like, you know what I mean? They can give me bounties I can complete in raids. Oh, I see what you're saying. They're not complimentary if you're just running raids because there aren't enough bounties for raids. That harkens back to a suggestion that I've had for, I think, since... Yes, since Benedict showed up with Leviathan, I have been saying we need a raid NPC that I can level up by running raids. So if you run more than three that week, you can get more experience and level up that NPC. They could have bounties. They could have ghost, sparrow, and ornaments that are earned within that season for running that raid like crazy. It would have been pretty dope to run Garden of Salvation extra times for extra XP and you know have some dailies and repeatables on there. And then when you're doing that, you're getting further. And so let's say at the end of season of the undying, you get a raid NPC rank of 80 and you get a bunch of cool stuff because of that. And your guns look different. Your raid guns, your raid armor looks different because of the ornaments that you got from that raid NPC. I still think, I still think we need a raid NPC. Now, Eugene's making a pretty good point and a pretty good pushback. You can grab the raid challenge bounties. Um, well, not for the garden. There wasn't a raid challenge bounty, but there's a raid clan bounty. Uh, gunsmith bounties can be completed in the raid. The Vex offensive bounties were completed in the raid. Um, there was actually quite a few bounties you could do while in the raid. Now, but there aren't raid bounties. 
I think that's kind of the point. I think a raid NPC would be a nice upgrade for raid grinders. Number one, it'd be a really easy way for Bungie to say, hey, there's now a reason to run the raid more than three times, and it's sort of external from the raid. They don't have to go in and, like, tinker with drops or fiddle with the raid itself. Just do it externally with an NPC. Beer Pie. How would you feel if masterworking seasonal armor during the season would unlock it for you for ornamental use? I would give an incentive to masterwork armor. So, you're saying if I masterwork the seasonal armor during the season, it would unlock it as an ornament. This is kind of what I was getting at a little bit ago. Like, the idea that if you take the time to do something particular with the armor, maybe you unlock it as an ornament. Um... I don't dislike this idea. I grow concerned about space in the database of the game. Like, from a technological standpoint, we're going to get really, really bloated with with ornaments. Um, now, maybe Bungie could do something where you go into collections and you can only have so many ornaments active. So you've got to, like, okay, I want... I, like, you have your five... Oh, how, how would they even do this? You'd have like five boxes and you'd go to those boxes and say, I want these ornaments to be active for helmet gauntlet. You know, you'd go to a helmet and say, I want these ornaments active. Like I'm going to be switching between these ones. I kind of like these ones. Um, I don't know. I think you would, I think you would start to run into a bit of a bloat, a bloat problem with, with the ornaments. You, there are already a lot in there cause they just kind of gave us the ones from the Eververse. Uh, which was a nice gesture, but it did it did fill up the the ornament section pretty pretty quickly. And the other the other concern I have on the back end of this is y- you're you're running the risk of turning armor grind into a purely cosmetic chase. And I'm always hesitant to endorse that because that didn't work in D2's launch. And I know D2's launch was really thin, so maybe I'm picking an extreme version of, you know, chasing chasing <laughs> cosmetics. Uh, but if you're only chasing armor because it's pretty, my question would then be when are you chasing stats? When are you chasing armor for a particular uh, for a particular reason? So, Trey says, first time viewer already had me hooked. Uh, how do you feel about the season's ritual weapons? Uh, how easy or difficult I think it's nice that they're not that difficult Bungie I got this question uh, another time and Bungie feels like they want the the seasons to feel front heavy because if they're front heavy that's when most people play most people are playing that first week that first month and if that first week and month feel really really fun and rewarding for the lion's share of the community um, then uh, I would say that that's a good thing Oh man, I spent ten dollars, and you know, I I hit it pretty heavy there for a couple weeks, and it was fun. I got some new stuff, and you come back every season, kind of anticipating that front-heavy feeling. It's weird to have like a front-heavy season, and then say, "Hey, these cool new weapons we offered." There aren't a lot of new weapons, and just in and a few of the ones that we did offer out of the out of the very small that we did offer, it's going to take you like the whole season to get. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? I get where people are coming from because they're like, dude, it took me the entire season to get the not forgotten. It's like, you're you're awesome, <laughs> you're cool, man. That 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 was an achievement. I didn't get that. I didn't get that freaking gun. Good for you. But that doesn't mean that needs to be the way that it is every single time. Perhaps, perhaps, Bungie could look into like an ornamental system for the rituals. There's only three of them, 
And so maybe that would be like when you went from you, you got your Lunas Howl, then you went for the Not Forgotten. You could get your your ritual weapon. And then the long grind for the more hardcore would be unlocking an ornament or something. Um That would be that would be my first initial idea, maybe. But I do like the fact that they make the seasons front heavy. I think that does the game and the community, it serves them well to have it be front heavy. Um, I also think they've swung the pendulum really hard. So you have people that are like, you gotta be kidding me. I spent the entire season trying to get Randy's <laughs> and now people are getting this other one really, really quickly. Yeah, okay, but you know, Randy's compared to a sidearm or, or the linear fusion, you know what I mean? I I think they're I think ritual weapons are falling right into the lane that they're supposed to fall into. They're kind of like um, I don't want to use the word gimmick, but they're just like a unique kind of fun weapon that isn't. It, it's not you're not gr- grinding for the recluse or the or the not forgotten anymore. It's just changed. It's moved away from that. Listen, they've admitted that pinnacle weapons as a concept created lots of problems which then means they're probably evolving out of the game and this is their way of evolving them out of the game they're just going to call them ritual every season they're going to be neat they're not going to be unique in their perk roles because other guns can get those perks and they're not going to be that particularly hard to get and I don't I wouldn't call that a mistake or a problem I would say that's just kind of the natural evolution of them saying you know what this was a huge problem and we can't do this anymore. And a way to slowly boil that frog in the water is to slowly like take down how great they are and how hard they are to get. And then they're just there as a rhythmic injection of stuff that you got free activities, you got rituals, you got a new activity, you got a season pass, you got an artifact. There's kind of all these things that are dropping, you know. Uh, when you think we'll see Aldrin's return? Uh, September of next year. King Boxer. Uh, not sure if someone asked this yet, but was Osiris not having daily bounties a missed opportunity? Uh, the season's not over yet. We don't know what Saint's bringing, so I don't want to say it's a missed opportunity yet because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Also, Osiris brings with him four obelisks that will, if if our assumptions are correct, will be eight weeklies <laughs> per character. Smoky. Dailies do seem to be missing, but we'll see. Smoky Gaming, since the obelisks are free to everyone, would you necessarily mean that they wouldn't leave after the season? Paul Tassi seems to think it doesn't have a seasonal symbol. Just curious what you think. I like where Paul's head's at. I didn't look at the symbol. The obelisks are 100% going away at the end of the season because they are tied to the sundial. Their purpose isn't needed after the sundial is expired. But... But the tower's getting one, and when we went to light GG, every single frame has an obelisk planet, and then they all, every single one of them, also can be gotten at the tower obelisk according to the database, which I believe that means the tower obelisk may just endure. So you, if you didn't get the frame you wanted, you can always just hit up the frame in the tower. Spring season, it'll still be there. And... There are three that can only be gotten at the Tower Obelisk. Uh, that can't be gotten on other planets. It's the two, it's the Sniper from the Season Pass, the Rocket from the Season Pass, and the Perfect Paradox. They don't have a Planet Obelisk. But, the rest of the weapons that do have a Planet Obelisk 
also all can be gotten at the tower according to the database so it's likely that the tower obelisk sticks around and the planetary ones are don't because the planetary ones are the ones that you uh, connect to the sundial I don't know if we're going to be connecting the, the tower one to the sundial we'll have to wait and see I think we're going to be doing that this week with Saint-14 during the dawning. Uh, Arson at dawn. Are you a fan of bonuses being... Did I skip a question there? Uh, No, I didn't. Okay. Are you a fan of bonuses being added to the season pass that can alter the guns given the season? I'm a fan of the double perk final column of the Saint-14 armory, but dang, it's a grind to get to rank 92 if I want ample time to get the better versions. You have to understand that it's not a better version it's a mathematical probability increase, right? Now, you might say, no, 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 Lono, it's a better version because I can switch between two perks depending on the encounter. Okay, sure. Uh, Yeah, okay. You get one with Vorpal and you get one with Osmosis. Maybe there's times where you want to do that. But I would argue that the guns themselves aren't that much better and... And it doesn't take that long to get to the to 100. It doesn't. And we have a longer season than we did with Season of the Undying. So the people that care about that thing, about a gun with an extra perk, are hardcore players, more than likely. And they're going to be logging in enough, I would think, to hit 100 within a, 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 a reasonable time frame to get that benefit of the season. Um, couldn't you argue that's pay-to-win content? What's pay-to-win content? You have to elaborate. There's nothing pay-to-win in the game presently, because pay-to-win means you buy something that gives you an in-game advantage, like a really god-roll shotgun or, or hand cannon or something. Uh, imagine State 14 shotgun with demo, trench, or 1-2, so now the shotgun fulfills roles based on my class choice. So yeah, they're okay, that's true, Eugene. There are potentials for double god-rolls, Again, I think we'll all... If you care about that, if you care about that, Eugene, I would think you and anybody else like you is going to hit 92 at a pretty at a pretty reasonable clip uh, throughout the season. I mean, not everybody's going to do what Chevy did because Chevy's a mad lad, but I think I just hit 20-something, didn't I? I mean, I'm a fifth of the way through, and... Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's for one week, so I think a lot of us are going to get there pretty quickly. You have a better chance to get a better roll if you purchase the season pass by leveling up to 92. I don't really have time or patience to entertain the pay-to-win thing, because I think the fact that you're here and typing that up, I think you're smart enough to figure that out on your own, that it's not pay-to-win, because that's not what pay-to-win is. Pay-to-win is when I go and say give me a god roll gun or a one hit kill gun that will give me a tangible measurable benefit in pvp that somebody else can't get unless they spend money that's pay to win anybody that's ever tried to argue the season pass is pay to win or the exotics on the season pass are pay to win those arguments are just absolutely silly that's the nicest way i can say it they're silly if you bought if you bought dark below there were guns in there you couldn't get without the season pass and you could argue that was pay to win so Bungie has apparently been doing pay to win since dark below because anytime they've expanded the game and it's loot pool you get more loot if you spend money so I I just think it's a ludicrous position Um, 
Uh, SMN says, I'm kind of stuck with the obelisks. I'm level 18 on the season pass, and I can only access one of the reward tiers. Both Mars and Tangled Shore obelisks are level 4. I've yet to find any help, and I'm wondering what I'm missing. Uh, All three characters, if you do all your weeklies, that's a lot of weeklies, and then your three milestones at the sundial, and then cash in all your triumphs, you should have enough to level one of those guys up all the way. Because my Mars one's at 4, and my Tangled Shore is at 11, so... You, you maybe you haven't cashed in your triumphs maybe you haven't done the weeklies on all three characters maybe you haven't done the milestones on all three characters but that's how I did it Servo Actuator do you think Trials will be back next season because of Season of Dawn I think it's potentially this season it's going to be uh, Trials of Saint 14 going to skip because we've already dealt with that a lot today Goldheart Coldheart, I'm sorry. Do you know what max level is for each obelisk? I'm 11 on the Tangled Shore. There's no more upgrades. uh, You can keep going. We don't know why you would need to. We're going to have to wait and see. But presently, nothing happens beyond 11 that you would really want to keep dumping, you know, stuff into it for. Thankless work. What are your expectations for the summer season, being that they described it as a time like never before in Destiny? I'm really intrigued in finding uh, myself looking forward to it. Love your content. Thank you. I believe that Bungie will pull at many threads to come together into one thrust in the narrative towards September, which will be Savathun and the Dreadnought. And I believe when they pull all those threads together, it's possible they will also then pull all the planets, all the activities, all of it together. So the summer is like this. It'll be like Age of Triumph, like this celebratory time to do anything and everything. uh, Just grind city and that leads as like a crescendo to Savathun and the Dreadnought. That, that, that's that's a, that's the only that's the best I can do as a theory. I don't think it has anything to do with the triangle ships. I think triangle ships are tucked away as an ever-present threat in the narrative that will come into play in the next game, not in Destiny Two. But that's these are obviously just theories. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. SMM says, I figured it out. You have to reset them to open up both. Okay, let me make sure this makes it into the podcast. SMM, I misunderstood your question, and this was a problem that I encountered. You get to the point where you can have two sundials connected. Two, I'm sorry, I always say it wrong. You can have two obelisks connected to the sundial, so when you end, there's four guns to choose from, okay? Once you unlock the ability to do that, you have to go to one of the sundials and you have to reset all connections and then connect the two individual ones. It's it's a little silly, but it's the way that it's set up. So if you've unlocked the ability to have more than one sundial... <laughs> I did it again. If you've unlocked the ability to have more than one obelisk connected to the sundial, but only one is connected, you have to reset the connections and then connect both Tangled Shore and Mars. It's kind of a have you tried turning it off and back on again situation. <laughs> and uh, that's, the, that's the workaround. So if you're running into that, I am sorry I misunderstood your question. Hopefully nobody hearing the podcast is like, oh, Frick, I have the same problem and he doesn't understand what we're trying to... Uh, fix so that is uh how to fix that so if you're here right now and you've enjoyed this segment it's a back and forth it's a family friendly stream it's like a podcast you can interact with you can listen while you grind or while you're at work if you've enjoyed yourself remember a free way to support me is to click the follow button and turn on notifications if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always come in live say no to rage.com i'm gonna keep streaming but for the sake of the people listening elsewhere please like share and subscribe